Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Stephen E. Cox for the VR game Farpoint. We've been doing so many interviews lately with composers about VR games, and I've played exactly none of them. I've wanted to play all of them, but this one probably is the one I've wanted to play the most because it's a first-person shooter, and I love first-person shooters, and the music is fantastic in this game. Steven used to teach at Full Sail University in Florida. They do music and entertainment degrees along those lines, recording, just the music industry, those kinds of things, also video games and other stuff. Anyway, he talks about Full Sail University a couple different times. The music in Farpoint is a really great blend of real and synthetic. I love all the string work. There are these just wonderful string sweeps that you hear right off the bat in the theme and lots of solo work. It's beautiful. It's good stuff. Here's Steven. It is one of the first full VR first-person shooter campaigns. Uh, It is a sci-fi first-person shooter a little bit like uh well i don't want to give away too much i still don't want to spoil the game even though it's been <laughs> out for quite a while uh but yeah you're basically uh an astronaut that's stranded on this planet that is billions of light years away and uh you're sucked through a wormhole i don't think i'm spoiling much there by setting it up that's in the trailer yeah it's in uh, the trailer yeah 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 um and you're basically trying to figure out what's going on, where you are, uh, where the astronauts are that you followed in. You were sucked in with two other astronauts that uh, arrived shortly before you. And uh, it's kind of a mystery. The story unfolds as you make your way through the spider-infested barren wasteland of a planet <laughs> that ends up turning into much more of an interesting proposition towards the end. Um, And yeah, the game really evolves in terms of gameplay as well as the music. The music was uh, an evolutionary process from start to finish. And yeah, it's really fun because of that aim controller. I I just got to give it to to that. Uh, Without it, I, I don't think it's nearly as fun, but with the VR goggles on, and uh, that aim controller, it just feels like you're, you're there. Um, it's, it's great one-to-one precision uh, aiming, and I love it. I still play it. I'm trying to recruit more people into my co-op campaigns. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my next question. Is there multiplayer or co-op since you're stranded with two other people there? Yes, that, it's kind of separate than the main storyline, the main game. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There's, like, the challenge mode which is uh, not co-op, but uh, co-op can kind of be designed that way. And, uh, and co-op is just uh, the DLC, and they're still creating them as we speak. And it's just you and another person. You can pick a random person or you can uh, send an invite to your friend. And you're in the world. It's, it's great. You can speak through the headset, which <laughs> has a microphone, and uh, you can see each other make ridiculous movements and uh, <laughs> you know 
it's just a little bit more immersive than your average first-person shooter co-op that's not VR. My writing partner and I, whenever we talk business, like after the kids are asleep, (laughs) instead of using Skype these days, we just log into Farpoint and we can talk as we're blowing up spiders and, you know, goofing around. It's really fun. a little bit about the music and then we can talk more specifically about that. It's a small ensemble that uh, is bolstered up by, you know, a little mock-up here and there as as well as synthesis and uh, some percussion here and there. We wanted to start small in the beginning and just leave a very tiny musical footprint, mainly because we weren't 100% sure how music would interact with the environment. The Sony headset wasn't out at the time when we started. Oh, wow. uh, So there wasn't a whole lot of concept out there. So we just kind of, all of us, including Sony, including Impulse Gear, were flying blind slightly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We knew the aesthetic of the game. We had great screenshots going in. We had some references. Uh, Here's the emotional tone. Here's the storyline. And here are the things that we think will work. But... Other than that, I mean, the gloves were off creatively. We really just got to dig in and build a world musically. And I, I, I love that part going into it, uh, even in the demo process. So the marching orders were more or less keep it expansive, keep it, you know, a large part of the, the world, but not too in your face because we don't want to jerk the uh, user out of the immersive experience. That was first and foremost marching order. So yeah, in the beginning, we we did start off with uh, smaller ensembles and, you know, just a few soloists with some backing ensemble players mm-hmm. and a lot of sound design. I think it began with sound design in the demo phase. We rummaged through my garage. We got a bunch of junk and anything that could bow, <laughs> like <laughs> glass or metal or uh, anything that made a, a weird sound was fair game and uh, we spent a whole day just uh, recording and creating like a whole organic sound palette that we later mangled. So are you talking about Danny? Is that your writing partner? Yes, thank you. Sorry, I haven't dropped his name yet. Dr. Danny McIntyre. Yeah, (laughs) he and I were at the time we're teaching at Full Sail University together and we run a company called Unified Sounds, which uh, we deal with a lot of different clients for film and TV across the board. Mm-hmm. And when this came along, we just, okay, let's just, let's kill it. We only have five days or four days to do the demo. Uh-huh. So let's, uh, let's go all out. And we brought in musicians. We, like I said, spent the time building the sound palette out of organic components. And it was, it was a great uh, writing experience with Daniel.
of role is is what? Tell me a little bit more about that. I'm the the lead composer, mm-hmm. more or less. Uh, Danny and I, we had a few different permutations of the writing team system. The the best being both of us in the same room and kind of mm. throwing noodles at the wall. Uh, like we'll take turns on the keyboard, throwing stuff down, and then either deleting everything we just did and <laughs> redoing it. Or, but yeah, I I was more like the the lead composer who mm-hmm. had to take care of revisions and the final production, uh, the final sounds. And he was, you know, an integral part of Farpoint Sound, to say the least. So who played cello then? And tell me more oh, about the musicians. Because we were teaching at Full Sail University uh, in the music production department, it's it's crazy. We Full Sail at the time, which is in Orlando, Florida, was attracting some amazing session players in the area that may, mm. may have played at Disney or uh, some of the theme parks nearby. And uh, Scott Burns was the cello player, and he actually went to Berkeley with both Danny and I. Danny and I actually went to Berkeley at the same time, but we never knew each other. And oh, this no is, kidding. This is, you know, more than a decade ago. And uh, same with the Scott Burns guy. Like, he hmm. was friends with Danny in, in school, and Danny kind of recruited him into the uh, music production degree. And he is just a rock and session player. Mm-hmm. And he um, the players that we brought in, Julia Gessinger, as well as uh, Sabriel uh, Augustine, they all brought something unique to the table because it, it was a very experimental process. It wasn't just, okay, here's your sheet music, read it down, and we'll call it a day. In the beginning, we were getting experimental with Boeing and, uh, okay, let's try this. We were really lucky to have uh, composers that were, uh, I'm sorry, (laughs) uh, instrumentalists who just knew how to work with uh, composers in that creative process. Mm -hmm. liked um, a track called Descent. So up until Descent, we were kind of playing it safe in terms of, okay, there's no real action music yet. We need to stay away from the bombastic percussion and, you know, brass blaring and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was (laughs) up until Descent, I kept saying, so when am I going to write spiders? I want spiders (laughs) like in all caps. (laughs) <laughs> what are the spiders? And, and finally, you know, they got back to us. Okay, we need a cue. Spiders. Dot, nice. dot, dot. And that was, that was it. Danny uh, laid down maybe the first eerie pizzicato stuff that you hear initially and some of those initial lines and then we just ran with it. It was one of those two, three hour cues that just start to finish. Uh, So much fun and uh, really hard to play apparently Uh, as far as the pits. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, that's a really cool track. I liked that one quite a bit. And then just a couple after that is one called Acceptance, and I remember that one being quite beautiful. Can you tell me about that? That was when we first started digging into the emotional, the very emotional stuff, because there is a lot of somber, uh, just a complete depression in this game. Uh, <laughs> in terms of, it, you're more like a fly on the wall as the player, but because it's VR, you're in the space with the yeah. actors. Yeah, you feel like you're in the, the situation with them. I think it was called Emotional Suite in the beginning. And uh, there were many different variations of that. And uh, just finding that, that right, the length of the melody in terms of how sustained and uh, expansive. There's not a lot of busyness, <laughs> just, you know, light counterpoint. And I pride myself on the on the intervals, you know, those little <laughs> counterpoint things. And I, I, I remember spending a good amount of time on that. things that you kind of mentioned early on was like trying to figure out how music was going to function in the game itself. So let's talk about that because VR has, you know, created all these different kinds of ways that music can can function in a game. And there were already so many different ways. So how do, what did you settle on and and you know how how does it work? Well, in the beginning, it was very ambient, almost as if it were a part of the background sound effects mm -hmm. that you were hearing. And that was kind of the school of thought. Actually, there were two conflicting schools of thought at the time. It was just, should VR have any music at all? Should it be a completely immersive experience that represents reality as closely as possible? Mm -hmm. Which doesn't leave a lot of room for music. <laughs> right. Um, unless it's source music, which means it's coming from the world itself. The participants can hear it. Like as if there were a radio in the game or something, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I think the way it progressed, or at least with Farpoint, who knows what the standard is going to end up being, but the virtual speakers that live inside the world do live on a plane, meaning when you turn your head, you're going to hear the music pan and change along with the background ambience, that's static, and a few other elements. And coming to that conclusion was, was a process. It, what, it wasn't right away that we, uh, we figured that out. So that did affect the writing style. Um, in the beginning, we thought everything should be really you know, wide and uh, ambient, just washed out with reverb. And mm -hmm. then we found out later that it is really cool when you have pinpoint instruments that you can just hear coming from the world <laughs> but you know your brain knows it's a part of the music it's not a spider uh, but that was a, a conflict quite a bit in, in the beginning which uh, we got to stay away from percussion because the player might mistake in a percussion head for a gunshot or a spider exploding so yeah eventually we came to the kind of the happy medium yeah and and I was going to ask you also just and this is something I'm always really curious about in games that have 
gunfire, you know, is how does that affect your music then as well, just knowing that there's going to be some kind of gunfire. It's pretty easy because the gunfire is always loud. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it, it always yeah. rules the mix, no matter what. And uh, <laughs> especially in VR, you're holding this gun, which is vibrating in your hand, and uh, it's right up against your face a lot of the times. You're looking down the scope. So it is, it is loud. I mean, you hear that thing as if you're firing a real weapon. Hmm. And so if the music was cutting through, that would, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the music really serves its purpose when there are breaks in the action um, or breaks in the gunfire. And you can still hear, you know, bombastic chugging music in the background, but you can't hear it when that, when that gun is going off. There's no way. mentioned something about the, uh, you know, in the demo process or something, and I would love to know how you got involved in the game, because just from what you've been saying, it sounds like you were involved really early on in this whole process. So one of Full Sail, I guess Full Sail University is kind of at the, the center of this story, but one of the uh, esteemed alumni uh, who comes to Full Sail regularly to do master classes, he taught in our music production degree, you know, as a guest lecturer, guest speaker, mm -hmm. is Jonathan Mayer. And he is the senior music manager at Sony for uh, Sony Interactive, rather. And uh, it was, you know, kind of years in, in the making, just picking his brains relentlessly every time he came to Full Sail and, and just hanging out. And eventually I started showing him what I was doing with either CBS Sports or uh, some other film or documentary I was working on. And, uh, you know, eventually you send enough and you're just consistent over the years. There may be a olive branch. And uh, mm -hmm. there was. Uh, this is actually before Farpoint. And this project I can't really talk about yet because it's okay. not officially released. But it oh, happened before Farpoint. Yeah, which is really fun. That is so this funny. project was was more like a team endeavor where my company, Unified Sounds, we just had to band together to, to make it work, a lot of musical content. And it went over really well. Like we loved their, their workflow. It was just very seamless and uh, efficient. <sighs> and we learned a lot in the process. And it wasn't but a few weeks after that that we uh, got the demo opportunity for Farpoint. So you have done a lot in TV and film and uh, sports, as you mentioned, a lot of stuff for CBS that you guys have worked on. Um, tell me a little bit about that work and, you know, what drew you to that? Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to my, my main publisher man, uh, Rob Astor, who brought me into this racket like 2006, maybe 2005. A long time ago when I was, you know, pretty fresh out of college, but very interested in, in that, you know, sports music, mainly the thematic stuff that's 
big and bombastic and fun to write, almost like trailer music. <laughs> and uh, as well as all the different genres that are uh, on demand, rock, techno, hip hop, uh, country. I mean, it could be any style. And uh, I think just the fact that we have to switch it up every month or two or three, depending mm-hmm. on the season, depending on the sport. I love that. I love being able to dig into something new to research it, research production techniques as well as writing and get my chops in shape. And then uh, after NFL or whatever's wrapped up, I won't look at a guitar for months. (laughs) 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 Then I start missing it again, so I got to pick one up. Oh, Uh, that's funny. So you must be a a fan of sports then. Uh, Yeah. Uh, there have been times when I was uh, in two or three fan- fantasy leagues at, at, a, <laughs> at oh any my. given year. But yeah, it, it's just, it's hard to uh, keep up these days. But I, I do like it. I do just like it to have it on in the background, if anything, just to catch our, our plays here and there. <laughs> That's amazing. Because you did something, um, and, and I, forgive me if it wasn't you specifically, but just looking at the credits, you know, I saw like Super Bowl 50 pop up and the Masters tournament and, you know, just all these different PGA tournaments. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh I mean, just recently, well, not too recently, maybe two, three years, uh, Danny and I uh, have both just been going after CBS with as hard as we can, when we can. I mean, obviously, Farpoint put the brakes on a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Super Bowl 50 was, I, I want to say 2015, right? The years are blurring together. Yeah, we put together a rock compilation that's about the size of an album, and you kind of pitch it just like any other project, and uh, you see what they pick. Uh, hmm. And and we, we got pretty lucky. I think I got four tunes in there that year. I was really surprised wow. to hear. There's a lot of people watching that thing. Same with the Masters. The Masters is, you know, akin to the Super Bowl as far as Nielsen's yeah. and and everything else. And um, it's a totally different style of music. It's a totally different vibe, and hmm. uh, and it's fun to just see if we can go there. Tell me a little bit then about what you studied at Berkeley. Did you Were you a composition student then? At the time, they called it music synthesis. But I did start off in film scoring. I spent a full year as a film score major and uh, went through quite a few of their core courses and loved every second of it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I quickly realized that you're kind of being groomed for L.A. And I went out there a few times during that process, and I was just like, oh, it's not quite me. Uh, you know, I, I was already married at the time. Uh, we kind of had careers going. I, I was also working in tech support. <laughs> oh. uh, for a music software company while I was going to Berkeley. And it just seemed like the music synthesis degree kind of encompassed everything that I was interested in, including the tech engineering, uh, the nerdy side of music production. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I did switch, but I, I feel like I got the best of uh, Berkeley has to offer Nice because of that.
else you want to add? I mean, what did I leave out? Well, you can uh, check out Unified Sounds, um, unifiedsounds.com. Uh, I need to refresh the site with a few new links. Uh, but if you follow the Twitter link that's there, our newest things we can talk about should be landing there soon. Um, NFL kickoff is right around the corner. So is college football. We'll have a bunch of stuff. We have uh, been working pretty hard the past couple months on uh, the NFL package and making nice. sure that we have something good. Well, Steve, what a pleasure it was to talk with you and get to hear some of your music. And I'm, I'm really glad that we chatted. And I am very intrigued by whatever this other project is you've got coming up. And hopefully we'll chat about that one, too, at some point. Yeah, thank you very much, Emily. Thanks for listening to episode 80 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Stephen and his company at unifiedsounds.com and patreon.com level. There's a playlist on our Patreon site as well. Huge thanks to Stephen for being quite patient with us as we dealt with some technical stuff. Tell someone about our show if you think it's good. Pick your favorite episode, send it to them, or just have a listening party. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Oh, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Incorporated. <laughs>